0: welcome back to moving right along a Muppet movie podcast brought to you by toughpigs.com it used to be a podcast where we watched the Muppet movie two minutes at a time and talked about it a lot but guess what we ran out of Muppet movie So, we're back with our special, our second special episode, and this time we are watching the April 2nd, 1979 episode of The Tonight Show, starring Johnny Carson. Johnny Carson is not in this one, because this week it's The Tonight Show, starring Kermit the Frog, your guest host. Speaking of hosts, I'm one of your hosts, Anthony Strand.
1: And I'm your other host, Ryan Rowe.
0: And we also have a guest. Who is it? It's me! Oh, you probably want
2: me to say my name. It's yeah, Joe Hennis. Right. I I am the uh, co-owner and editor-in-chief of topicscom along with Ryan Rowe, whose name you just heard a second ago.
0: That's right. We have Joe Good. Hennis back again. Back again. Uh, so back again. Yeah, and you can't keep thrilled. me away. We are thrilled to have you, sir. This is your sixth appearance on the program. A record-smashing appearance.
2: Yeah, I just want to make sure that, like, if you ever have Eric Adams back, I just want to, to crush him. <laughs>
1: I hope he's listening.
0: I hope so. I hope so. Um, So, uh, like I said, we are talking about the April 2nd, 1979 episode of The Tonight Show, starring Johnny Carson. Kermit is in for Johnny. To me, it's very fascinating that Kermit hosted on April 2nd and the Muppet movie didn't come out until the 22nd of June.
1: I noticed that. It's it's a so, long... Like,
0: well, yeah, I mean, it's it's like two and a half months before the movie came out, but also it's explicitly designed to promote the movie. They show a clip. Um, They talk a lot about their movie that they made. You know, Kermit has several jokes in his monologue about their big movie coming up, and then it did not come out for, like, 11 weeks.
1: Yeah, I wonder this. if it just had something to do with the scheduling. Like, this happened to be the night that Johnny Carson was uh taking a break and this happened to be the night that the muppets were available.
2: Well, I, yeah. I was thinking like, I mean, they obviously were doing other things at this time. Um I- I'm checking to see, you know, if there was any um mu- like new muppet show episodes around that time and there actually wasn't. Hmm. Uh cuz you know, over on Tough Things we're doing a um a- we're in the middle of a 5-year project where we're reviewing all of the Muppet show episodes exactly 40 years or close to 40 years after they premiered. And uh, there's a weird gap where uh, uh, th- there was a new episode on February 21st. And then the next new episode wasn't until May 9th. Um, so they were kind of in the middle of that. Not that it, I mean, obviously the Muppet show was still airing. Like they we're still probably promoting the show. But uh, right. it's not like, and then, hey, thanks for watching The Tonight Show. Make sure you tune in next week for, you know, uh, Roger Miller.
1: Yeah, they talk about right. the show. But, yeah, they, I don't think he ever actually says, like, be sure to check your local listings for The Muppet Show.
0: Right. Uh, well, I, But, again, I think that at this point, with their movie coming out, they kind of assume that if you're watching The Tonight Show and the fr- and there's a frog guest hosting it, either you've turned it off or you know what the deal is with that frog.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's cool because like this, it really says a lot about how hugely popular the Muppets are. Not only that they would assume that everyone knows who they are, but also that Johnny Carson would give the whole show over to them.
0: Yeah. Right.
1: Speaking well, of which, um,
2: I, I don't know if you guys did this as well, but I, I tried to find a list of other people who hosted the, who guest hosted the Tonight show. Um, cause I was kind of curious, like uh, what exactly is the bar for, um, the kind of people that he would ask to. It was to come pretty and. common
1: in those days. I, I don't think any of the late night hosts now ever really do guest hosts. They just no, do reruns. But
2: I, yeah, I actually looked that up too. And the last, at least I don't know about Leno, but Letterman had one guest host in. Oh, I forgot to look up the year, but he he was like like last minute he got a stomach bug or something like that, and Adam Sandler. Uh, uh, guest hosted for him, huh. and then like that was it. that was like the early 2000s or something.
1: Well, he Letterman had a, a series of guest hosts when he had his quadruple bypass surgery, but that was out of necessity. Well, oh, sure, you know, yeah.
0: You, you guys, Craig Ferguson used to have guest hosts all the time.
1: Well, he was actually the active host of that show.
0: Yes, oh, okay. if, if, he, if he was gone, then just like Melissa McCarthy or someone would host the show. Oh, that's cool. did I, this.
1: Yeah, I remember a, a string of guest hosts after Craig Ferguson left and before James Corden took over. But yeah,
2: yeah they were know. testing people out for that. I remember um, Michael and Black was one of them, and I think and he was rumored to be taking the job, but oh, yeah. they they didn't give it to him.
0: Oh, sure, that makes sense. Yeah,
2: uh, but yeah, but some of the other Tonight Show uh, guest hosts were people like there were some people who worked with the Muppets like uh rich little and john denver and steve martin and joan rivers joan and rivers
1: did it many times right she yeah. was kind of one of the before jay leno i think she was kind of the the regular the, go-to guest regular host. yeah yeah uh um, paul
0: williams i think was one of them oh i know i know bob newhart used to do it sometimes did you find that in your research
2: i did not i did i, I was i expected someone out there on the internet just had like a list and there wasn't. Yeah. I had to like in, look up some articles where they were names were just mentioned.
0: In in his memoir, he talks. He has a whole section about being a guest on the Tonight Show, and he mentions hosting as well.
1: That's Bob Newhart. Bob Newhart. Yeah.
0: yeah cool. Yeah. Um,
2: but yeah. So so like this is the kind of people who you know like I, some of these names too were like Jerry Lewis, Don Rickles, Frank Sinatra. Like these are big big names. who, so it's like that's that's who I would think they were. Like oh yeah, we can't get Sinatra this week, so let's get Kermit. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so it it really is quite an honor. Um, I wanted to talk about each of the segments. I don't, I don't I mean this show is very long. the The Tonight Show was ninety minutes long at that time, and I don't know about you guys. The copy I watched had all the commercials in it. Yeah, same sure did. So, well, of course I watched them all because the commercials from nineteen seventy nine. Yes, yeah. please. Yeah.
2: Also, by the Um, way, just being in the commercials, um, I was really hoping that there were there would be some um, either Muppet references or just people who later years later would work with the Muppets. And the only one that I spotted was uh, I I had an ad
1: with uh, Orson Welles. Orson Welles for some kind of wine. Yeah. Yeah. um, Pompous wine.
0: (laughs) Not uh, Muppet related, but we did get to hear Sterling Holloway do a Puppy Chow commercial.
1: Yes, that was delightful. (laughs) Sterling Holloway, best known as the voice of Winnie the Pooh. Yeah,
0: which my daughter recognized. By the way, my four-year-old said that sounds like poo. <laughs> but yeah, so, so some some of that stuff was kind of fun. But um, anyways, putting aside the commercials, there were basically six segments. Um, Kermit's monologue. There's a desk bit that Kermit does with Ed McMahon, and then there are four guests. So I just kind of want to go through each one one at a time, starting with Kermit's monologue. Um, I don't think we need to talk about every joke, but Joe, I'll start with you. What, what bits of that monologue stood out for you?
2: Oh man. Well, first of all, that whole monologue is, uh, is just one of the best things that the Muppets have ever done. It's just so natural. And it it just like, just Kermit in front of a curtain and he's just telling jokes and it's just great. Um, But like the, the best moment for me is when Fozzie pops his head out and he tells him faster and funnier. (laughs)
3: I'm doing my best out here. You're dying.
2: <laughs> Great. Like I that's, so like that's that's just that's perfect, man. That's well, just I, perfect.
0: Well, and I also love Kermit um, I love Fozzie saying that this is the big time and that he mostly plays hunting lodges. <laughs> 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 it's such a good like Fozzie backstory bit.
2: Yeah, like what what is Fozzie doing when they're not filming them up at Show? Like, obviously he's, you know,
0: doing doing stand up at in, in the Catskills, right? That's right. <laughs> but
2: like, but like the uh, like the the backwoods
0: of the Catskills, it sounds like. Right, um, Ryan. How about you? What are some of your favorite bits there?
1: Well, so it's interesting, Joe, that you talk about how natural it is because I, I feel like there's this quality to Kermit throughout this whole episode where it's kind of a nervous energy. Yeah. I wasn't sure if that was just kind of something that they decided to do for this or if it's actually a little bit of Jim Henson being nervous hosting the Tonight Show. But I think it works in favor of the show, including the monologue where he's doing these jokes and he's not sure if they're going to work and he's really hoping they're going to work. Like he does the joke. Um, he says, Today we all went to Disneyland, Miss Piggy, Fozzie, and myself. The guard at the gate didn't want to let us out, which Isn't is, a- by the
2: way, is that foreshadowing? Well, to, right. Uh,
1: it's it's a funny joke because they're funny animals, but yeah, it's, it, it feels different now than it did in 1979.
2: Like, is it is it foreshadowing to the Muppets at Walt Disney World special?
1: Oh, that too, yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean,
0: yeah, 11
1: years earlier,
0: they knew that wow. that was coming.
1: There was a it's guard at the gate think, who didn't it's want to listen to that. It's think it was only 11
2: years between those two things, by the way. That I is feel like, I feel like there should be a couple of decades.
0: Right. Well, what's we like that's something that I think we don't think about all that much is Jim Henson died 14 years after the Muppet show premiered. Yeah. Like, like not a lot of time with, with Jim and Richard playing these characters, you know, like, yeah, you're right. A little more Street, obviously. And with Kermit, there's 35 years, but yeah, I mean, 1976 to 1990 is the difference between 2005 and today.
2: Well, that just goes to show like exactly how much content they made in those few years, especially when like, you know, there's there's gems like this, this special or sorry, this episode um, where like they obviously came in for a day's worth of filming and um, they did this amazing piece of like Muppet content. And now it's seen as this like classic piece of work to people like us. But it was just one of hundreds of things they did in that year.
1: Right. Right. Really? Yeah, yeah they no. Were, they were the most popular they've ever been, and probably the most active they've ever been. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I also love uh, Kermit's run of when he says he he's in late night, so he can say things that he's never said on television before. Yes, like, great, well, delightful. Titillate, curb-feeler, bustline, stimulate, and cockatoo
2: and succotash.
1: Oh, Sucatash. Yeah, yeah. I well, had to look up what a curb feeler is.
2: Yeah, I remember Ryan, you and I years ago were watching this, and we were like, "What is a curb feeler?" And <laughs> yes. I remember looking it up at that point with you? Do you remember what it's, it is? I do. It's The
1: part of a car that sticks out near the front wheel, so you know when you're close to the curb, so you don't you don't park too car and damage your car, park too far.
2: Huh.
1: It's filthy, Ryan. It's filthy. Curb feeler. So, now I'm yeah. going to have to put an explicit tag on this episode.
0: <laughs> um, uh, speaking, of, speaking of jokes that are a little kind I, kind of shocking, though, um, Fozzie says he started out as a trained SEAL act, and then SEALs were put on the endangered species list, so I had an animal change operation, and here I am. Oh, yeah,
2: that
1: didn't date well. That is a weird it, joke.
0: It, well, No, no, it didn't date well, but also, like, how did that play, I wonder? It's just a very odd joke. It is. Well, there's also
2: like, there's too many words in the joke. There's no, there's no real rhythm to it, which is also funny because he starts the joke. I think that was the joke where he started it and he had a false start and, and the audience started to respond and then he talked over them. And then he kind of puts his, his hand in uh, his head in his hand and goes, you broke the rhythm. Oh yeah. Which is funny. It's funny though, because yeah, Fozzy is not good at telling jokes.
1: I, I mean, it's funnier
0: than the actual joke.
1: Probably. Yeah, it's not a very good joke, but even then, like, isn't it a rule of comedy that you're supposed to put the like the funny words at the very end of the <clears throat> the the joke, if possible? <clears throat> so he says, "When seals went on the endangered species list, I had an animal change operation, and here I am." It seems like those are all in the wrong order.
2: You're right. I think, he, I think, he shouldn't well, have said "here I am," right? <laughs> Unnecessary.
0: I think we should write Fozzie a letter. (laughs) Fozzie. Faster and funnier. Faster and funnier. Yeah. Um, so anyways, after the monologue. Oh wait, wait, sorry, one more thing about the
2: monologue real quick. Uh at the very end, uh Kermit does the Johnny Carson golf swing. Yeah, that's cute. Which which is great. Uh especially because I like first of all Fozzie prods him. He's like, Oh, you gotta do the golf swing, gotta do the golf golf swing." swing. Now he does the golf swing and then Jim Henson's
1: hand is very obviously on camera for a few seconds. Yeah. And then they comment on it. They're like, what was that? What was
0: that thing down there as they cut to commercial?
1: And then Kermit yeah. and Ed uh, McMahon talk about it in the next segment a little bit.
0: Right. Which, which brings us to the next segment. Uh, Kermit does some bits at the desk with Ed McMahon. And um, one of the, 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 the big thing here is this bit about how Kermit's been reading a book of household hints and he reads about ten real household hints. The book is called "All Things Wise and Wonderful."
1: This is a real book, by the way.
0: Also, the name of a James Herriot book, the 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 British veterinarian. Uh, that's one of his the books in his series that started with "All Creatures Great and Small." So oh, that that's very sense. that struck me as very odd.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. but I actually I, did find this book on Amazon. You can buy a used copy right now for $1.99 If anyone wants to look for it,
0: huh? Um, anyway, so Kermit, Kermit reads. I guess about you don't want to look for years. it. I was just going to say that. <laughs> no thanks. I'm good. Kermit reads about ten of these real household hints, which feels like padding.
3: For example, <clears throat> okay. Uh, so we have things like, uh, well, to get chewing gum out of fabrics, you use ice first and then cleaning fluid. Good idea. Yep. Yeah. You folks can take notes down if you want. Yeah, that's, that's, that's very interesting. And then we got to uh, remove fuzz balls from sweaters with a dry sponge. A dry sponge. Yeah. I mean, if fuzzballs is your problem, yes. <laughs> and then, of
0: course, it's a setup for a comedy bit where they do fake household hints. And I, I don't know how you guys felt about this. I thought they were not funny at all. And, like, it just, it reminded me how much late night comedy bits, like, haven't changed. Like, Jimmy Fallon could do that same bit, basically, where he's just reading and then, like, the crowd is, is lapping it up.
1: Yeah, you're totally right. Well, yeah, Johnny Carson and Ed McMahon did bits like this all the time where I think even specifically like this, where Johnny Carson would read something out of a book and then Ed McMahon would be like, everything you could ever want to know about, you know, I don't know, dogs or whatever is in that book. And then Johnny Carson would tell him he's wrong. Here we have Kermit saying, you're wrong, dishwater breath, which is funny. But then the actual jokes are not funny.
0: Kermit is delighted to do that bit. I love that. He's like, he's like I always wanted to say that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but these um, are only but, the yeah. Tonight Show regular writers are credited on this episode. There are no Muppet writers credited. So this is like, they might have just written this
3: for Johnny and then just had Kirby yeah,
0: do I mean, it. Yeah, it, like, it was just like one that they had. I, th- I think that seems likely.
3: If one leg on your table is too long, shrink it to size with preparation H. <laughs> 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 okay. Uh, how, how about, uh, listen, if, if you run out of white shoe polish, leave your shoes below a bird feeder.
0: <laughs> but it is saved by Miss Piggy showing up just to tease that she's not ready and that the um, <laughs> costume department is tacky and cheap.
2: Yes. I love that. Well so she good. says the way she says it too. She says it's a cheap tacky outfit and <laughs> you don't really know if she's talking about the clothes that she has to wear or the uh the organization of the tonight show. Oh,
0: right yeah yeah, yeah yeah true. Um and then we segue into a clip, which is set up with Ed asking Kermit if he's the star and Kermit doing, like, false modesty, saying that, like, Kermit says, well, I'm kind of through the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> and Ed's like, yes, okay, I'm the star. And, uh, and then they showed the Steve Martin scene, which like if, if, if it, this was 1979 and I saw that, I would be so hyped to go see the movie.
2: Well, I tell you what, what threw me off about that was watching this scene that I and I'm sure both of you have seen probably hundreds of times and uh, we're just intimately familiar with it. But watching it with a laugh track yeah. because you can hear the audience laughing. It was odd. Sure. Yeah. They I don't know what else to say about it. It's just they, odd.
1: They definitely were very excited just to see Steve Martin turn around in that clip.
2: Well, that's pretty, he is a very funny turnaround.
1: Yes. Right. Well, I, yeah. I was going to say as as are we all. Right.
0: <laughs> um, and I, the last thing I'll say about this this desk bit is Ed keeps trying to sell Kermit to the audience. I feel like he keeps being like, "Yeah, it's a big show. You're great. You you deserve it." Uh, like. Does I don't think he needs to be doing that.
1: I don't know. I like it. I I like that. Like I said, Kermit has this nervous energy, but Ed is really supportive of Kermit. I think it's nice.
0: I I appreciate
2: that, but at the same time, something I've never quite understood is why is Ed McMahon there? (laughs)
1: Like,
2: I I mean, I don't mean just in this episode. I mean, like in the history of the Tonight Show. I get that Johnny Carson needed someone to talk to, but like, who was who was Ed McMahon before the Tonight Show? Why does he have this job? Like, why?
0: he was a commercial pitch man. I mean, he was, he was just like a on camera salesman type. Sure. You know, sure. I, I i don't know.
2: I mean, it's fine. He's fine. He's very good at it, his job, I guess. But, uh, you know, it's like, I, I guess maybe he felt like he needed to like up the energy a little bit since Johnny wasn't there. And, uh, didn't have anything else to talk about other than how great Kermit is. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Well, Kermit this, is pretty great. I do. I love him. I love that guy.
2: <laughs> and also, so, wasn't uh, wasn't Ed McMahon on Muppets Tonight? Years later, did we talk about that?
0: Yeah, they do uh, Star Search with Clifford and Coolio doing a Millie Vanilli joke, and Ed McMahon plays himself as the host of Star Search.
2: Hey, he came back.
0: Yeah. Also, uh, Coolio. Was on Muppets tonight. <laughs> All right. There are a handful of Muppet performances throughout this thing. So I just wanted to discuss those very briefly. Um, Muppet performances without without uh, any of the guests. We have Java, the classic pipes dancing um, segment. We have New York State of Mind by Floyd, Dr. Teeth, and Zoot. And then uh, Being Green" by Kermit. Did any of you guys want to have anything you want to say about those Muppet-only segments before we move on to the guests? Joe, I'll start with you.
2: Uh, I, I don't think I have anything to say about Java because Java is like identical every single time we see it, which actually is pretty impressive because I've seen it Whoa. in a few different specials. Or, I'm sorry, uh, two different, a few different um, TV appearances, and then uh, I've also seen it live at uh, Stuffed and Unstrung, uh, and it's just you know, obviously, it's set to a to a very specific song but it is kind of amazing how specific every well, movement to that is
0: i was i was actually wondering and I, n- maybe neither of you know is this a new performance or did they just run an old film is well i, just when I they wondered the same thing and i i
1: yeah i compared the two versions of new york state of mind this is definitely not the same take of new york state of mind from the muppet show so I, I'm inclined to think that that was done new for this episode, but I, I, I couldn't I didn't look with Java's, but it, it so may or may not be.
0: My, my my understanding with New York State of Mind is that it's the recording, but they just like lip sync to it. Uh,
2: it is it is not the same recording, and I only know that not because either. I had record I had uh, taped a, the Muppet Show version and listened to the MB3 a lot, and it's like it's very similar, it's sure. extremely yeah. similar, but there's just a couple little things from Floyd that just sound different. okay neat
0: that's great i'm glad they did that yeah
1: i'm sure somebody knows and will let us know in the comments somewhere on the internet
0: yeah prove me wrong Uh, and
1: Uh, and then
2: for kermit's being green later in the episode um it just we've been talking a lot recently about how much kermit has been singing rainbow connection lately and it's like i don't think he oversang being green by any means but it, it is interesting that like you know, we've talked about how Jim didn't only... He only sang Rainbow Connection a few times through his career, but he did sing Being Green a couple dozen well, times. Like, that was his go-to song.
0: I, I actually have in my notes that this, you know, two and a half months before the Muppet movie, this might be Being Green's last gasp. as oh, really? The song that he sings all the time. Sure. But, like, Jim's not out there singing Being Green in the 80s either, you know? That's interesting. Yeah,
1: and he says in his little intro... He says there's one little song that I've sung from Sesame Street to the Muppet show and then he says it sort of identified with me. So at that time that was like the the number 1 song that was identified with Kermit and then it would soon get bumped down to number 2.
0: Right. And I think it rem- I mean I don't think like it definitely remains number 2 to this day.
1: I think so.
2: Yeah. Well and and I wonder it was this the kind of thing where like Kermit's going to be on a on a TV show and they were like well, you got to sing being green. I mean you, I mean you got to do it. Like, everyone's going to be expecting
1: it. Yeah, I think it was that kind of, like, well, they expect us to, so we have to.
0: Exactly, yeah. Right. All right. So, um, moving on then to the guests. The first three of them were former Muppet Show guest stars. Amazing. And they all talk about being on the Muppet Show, um, which I think is is a lot of fun. Uh, And, okay, tell me if this is too much of a nerdy thing to even up. But... The three Muppet Show guest stars that we see here in order are Vincent Price, Bernadette Peters, who was on season two, and Leo Sayer, who was on season three. Whoa! Yeah. Was that and adventure Doctor Michael
2: Fox, who was on season four?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Michael Fox. First of all, let's uh, let's talk about Vincent Price. Go. What are your what do you, what do you got about Vincent Price here?
2: It's so weird. Like you would think that he'd be so natural. Talking with with Kermit and all that, but he's yeah. like I, I feel like he's he? kind of like trying bits and they don't really work, but he keeps going. <laughs> Does that make sense? Did,
0: yeah. Did, well, that's kind of the entire last you know twenty plus years of his career is. Hey, it's me. I'm Vincent Price. I'm I'm such a ham.
2: Yeah, so this, he is I'm, very much a ham. Uh, I
0: mean, not too long after he was on the Brady Bunch. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, it's not like he's a great horror movie star in 1979.
2: I mean, I will say this though: like he, he's definitely hamming it up. But at one point, he tells Kermit that, like, how honored he is to be on this particular particular episode of the Tonight Show with Kermit the Frog. And like, there's something so sincere about the way he says it that I totally believe him. Oh yeah, like I don't, I, like, I don't think I, he cares about hanging out with Johnny Carson anymore. Uh-huh. It's like I get to be on the Kermit the Frog
0: episode. Yeah, I think that's right. Re- and Uncle Deadly shows up. Um, and, you know, Uncle Deadly, who was in his episode and a couple sketches with him, says, Master, it's been such a long time since you've given me orders, or whatever. Vincent Price seems so delighted to ask <laughs> Uncle Deadly to go out and give him a nice, fresh cup of blood. <laughs> like It's just like, oh, hey, it's that guy from my episode. Remember? The Muppet Show. Yeah,
1: and then I, uh, I like how... I don't know, there's just something, this may just be the fact that uh, talk shows back then were much more spontaneous and organic and much less uh, staged than they are now. But, like, it it seems like, okay, so he asks him to get a cup of blood and then nobody really knows what to do? (laughs) Like, Kermit and Fozzie both just kind of go, uh, uh, and then Fozzie says, I think I'll go get a taxi. And there's a pause and Vincent Price says, a taxi? And then there's another pause. And Kermit's like, okay, we're going to commercial. <laughs> yeah,
2: It's so awkward. It's so awkward. But well, I love that. Sp- speaking
1: of awkward, though, like it's
2: so Frank Oz started this episode super strong with Fozzie's stuff in the in the uh, monologue. And later in the episode, and we'll talk about this. Like, I think his stuff with Piggy is just gold. But for some Ooh. reason, Fozzie is stinking up the place in this bit. We're... <laughs> So he he like kind of shows up and it's supposed to be like oh hey Fozzie's here he's gonna help Kermit out and whatever and he just kind of like sits there and he doesn't well, really say much Vin- and like Vin- at one point he just goes oh yeah and like it's like he's just responding and he kind of looks at the audience like that's all I well, got I'm sorry.
0: It's, <laughs> it's, he also shows up when Vincent Price talks about making um, roast bear, right? Which is right after he talked like Kermit asked him about recipes and then. Vincent Price brings up pickled pig's feet. Like he says, he won't talk about frog's legs. Haha. And he brings up pickled pig's feet. And it seems like Vincent Piggy to come out and yell at him. And she doesn't. And then he brings up roast bear and then Fozzie shows up. So I wonder if like Frank was doing something backstage or piggy puppet actually wasn't ready or something. Cause it seems like Vincent huh. Price is setting up for a bit where piggy yells at him about pickled pig's feet. Am, am I wrong?
1: No, that's a very interesting theory. Because also, I don't think anyone eats roast bear, do they?
0: <laughs>
2: right. right. No, but that's that's the only segue you get when you're talking about food and you want Fozzie Bear to show up. Right.
0: <laughs> right, right. Although I do um, like that
2: he says his favorite dish is roast bear, and then Fozzie's like, was my
0: joke that bad? <laughs> yeah, pretty good. Um, and, and also, Vincent Price is, like, obsessed with frog jokes in this. He says he has a frog in his throat. He talks about croaking as a euphemism for death. You know, he 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 throws out the the uh, frogs legs thing.
1: Well, a lot of their conversation is about death and horror. Like Kermit uh, asks him at one point the question, uh, "Like you've done a lot of murders in your movies." He asks him something like, "What what kind of murders have you done?"
3: Yeah, and which then I love-
1: he, he proceeds to give a list of the ways that he's that he's committed murder in his films.
3: Yeah. Yeah. You know. You know. You've you've done a lot of murders in, in in some of your movies. Yes, I have. Because uh, I remember what, you you cooked somebody once, didn't you? Yes, I I cooked uh, Coral Brown, who I later married. <laughs> after That's you, right. After you, you cooked her, them, then, you have and to then marry. you married her. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> No, I, I, I gave her a marvelous. Um, I gave her a permanent wave. I got you know those old-fashioned permanents where they put the curlers in and they attached mm-hmm. it to the electricity. Mm-hmm. Then I put her feet in water to give her a pedicure, and then I threw the switch. <laughs> oh, she really roasted. <laughs> shocking, shocking, right? Yes.
4: Yeah.
3: Well, what what kind of other uh, what kind of other murders have you done? Because I know you've done well, other I've, other weird uh, things cut off people's heads i i've really done an awful lot of fancy murders that
0: i loved like that was just like a good old 70s talk show interview segment like i just i I mean i love i love old vincent price movies so so i was just eating that stuff up you know when he's talking about comedy of terrors or whatever
1: yeah Um, Uh, and by the way he's at the beginning of the segment he mentions that he just um like he's just starting a tv series called time express which I looked up because I'd never heard of it. It's The IMDb summary is that he and this other character are uh, they're running a train called the Time Express, which takes its passengers back in time to relive a momentous moment of their lives, which sounds like a cool concept, but it only lasted for four episodes.
0: Oh, no, I mean, it's, it's a miniseries. He says it's a miniseries.
1: Oh, I didn't catch that. He, okay. He it,
0: yeah. Because Kermit even says, Is this your first series? He says, Well, it's a mini series.
1: Oh, yes. I didn't catch that. Okay.
0: Yeah. I mean, is, is it one,
2: you know? Should, you should uh, take the train back and revisit that, uh, that, that description that you just said, Ryan. Yes. To be, make that horrible mistake.
1: Absolutely.
0: Yeah, man. <laughs> I,
1: I apologize to Vincent All right. Price.
0: All right. So, uh, and uh, I'll say one more thing about Vincent Price. Uh, he mentioned his cookbook that he wrote with his wife. I have a copy of that book at my house. And, um, it was given to me by our logo designer, Morgan Davey. Oh, so, wow. thanks it, again, Morgan.
2: Does that book have a recipe for Rose
0: Bear in it? Uh, you know, I should have looked, I should <laughs> look, I'll, uh, I'll post on the
1: Facebook and several of the recipes call for a cup of blood.
0: Uh, actually, a lot of the recipes ha- are about using your blender. He goes on and on about how versatile the blender is because it's the early seventies. Hmm. And, um, and so maybe there's a recipe where you put your cup of blood in your blender. I don't know. I'll look. I'll let you know.
1: Sounds delicious.
0: But yeah. And
1: spooky. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and so the second guest is Bernadette Peters. Oh, wait, wait. Before
2: before he gets to Bernadette Peters, there's a couple oh. of
0: things. Wait, wait, wait. wait. No, I didn't say it. I didn't say it. All right. Any, anything else about Vincent Price before we move on? Joe. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Wait, anything no.
1: else before Vincent Price, but uh, after Vincent Price, but before Bernadette Peters, maybe? Oh. <laughs> yes. Wait, there was two okay.
2: things that happened b- between. One is that that we get a shot of Staller and Waldorf sitting in the audience.
0: Okay, but I. But that, but who cares? That's just steller and Waldorf. Like, well, I, I'm just pointing out the fact
2: happened. that I would like to point out the fact that Waldorf is asleep because they obviously shot it live, and Ensign was busy kermiting.
0: Yeah, oh, I was yeah.
4: wondering
1: who was performing yeah. Waldorf there.
0: Yeah, yeah. Price
1: That's a good guess. Uh, I
0: mean, and I I say that because Kermit mentions him by name at the end of this, and he's the only performer other than, like, the the main Muppet Show 5. So I guess he's doing stuff like that.
2: Yeah. Uh, And then the other thing I was going to say is uh, Miss Piggy has her first real introduction.
0: Oh, right, 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 right. right. Uh,
2: And Kermit uh, reads her introduction, which I don't – did you guys write down – uh, what what it actually says? I didn't I didn't write it down word for word.
0: I did not. It's very funny though. Uh,
2: but yeah, he has a funny like you know how great she is uh, type of introduction, which of course Miss Peggy wrote herself.
3: Hey hey, you know one thing I'd love to do now. Can can I bring out uh, one of our one of our stars? Of course. Uh, because I have uh, I have an introduction over here too. Excuse me. Yeah. I have an introduction over here that goes uh, <clears throat> goes like this. Yeah. Okay, and here she is, ladies and gentlemen, the real star of the Muppet Show, a glamour queen of the first magnitude a true superstar, and the person who wrote this introduction, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Miss Piggy!
2: <laughs> and then Miss Piggy comes out and announces that she and Kermit are engaged!
1: Oh yeah, very exciting.
0: Congratulations!
1: Message. Yes,
0: which is a runner going to be a runner through the rest of the show. And Kermit just shuts it down from minute one and
1: Piggy ignores him. Yeah, that's classic Kermit and Piggy. Yeah, she just continues right on even as he's denying it.
2: Well, and it's such a great runner too because literally everyone who comes out on stage is like, hey, Kermit, congratulations. And he has another (laughs) chance to go like, no!
0: Like, it's not, that's not real. She made it up. Yeah, that's great. That's so good. So our second guest then is Bernadette Peters. the, The star of stage and screen, she's, Explicitly promoting The Jerk, her movie with Steve Martin. Wait, um, doesn't
2: she say... Don't they say she's about to start filming The Jerk? Oh, yeah. yeah that's, that's what
0: Kermit said.
1: That, that might be right, yeah. It's
2: weird. Like I mean They're promoting a movie that isn't going to be out for another, what, six, eight months? I don't know how long it oh. took to make movies back then.
0: The, uh, yeah, it came out in December of 1979. So it yeah. came out about eight months later, yeah.
2: That's crazy. Like They're not promoting... I mean, they're yeah. promoting the Muppet movie that doesn't come out for a few more months. Talking about The Jerk yeah. that doesn't even come out for even longer...
0: Yeah. What are you That's doing cool. tonight, Joe? Yeah. Um, so she actually opens here with a song, which is Wake Up and Live by Harry Revel and Mac Gordon, a song that was a hit for Alice Faye in 1937.
1: Also for um, the Andrews sisters.
0: For the Andrews sisters later, yeah. Um, but I'm what glad you found happened- that
2: because I, I tried to look up the, the song and I thought, it was, I thought she was singing Wake Up and Leave, hmm. <laughs> not Wake Up and Live, which makes sense to me. Wake sure, up and please. leave. Get out of yeah. here. I'm yeah. done with you. And um, I didn't find anything.
1: Well, I what's can tell you that if you ask your Amazon Alexa to play the song, she will say, now playing Wake Up and Live.
0: Oh, that's good. That's good. Um, uh, it, what's fascinating, it's a, it's a good song. She sings it well. It's, it's a great fit for her. You know, she's she's great with those kind of show tunes. Um, but what's crazy to me about this song is it's like, it's like halfway through the show, and there's a guest singing a song, which in – in, like, our lifetime, like, like since the 80s, I feel like, if you're going to have a guest do a song on a late night show, it's the very last thing. In yeah, you're show. right. And then, it's, I, and then the show's over.
1: Yeah, I think the conventional wisdom now is, like, when a musical guest comes on, that's when people start changing the channel.
0: Yeah. But back, I mean, the show was 90 minutes long, which obviously they're all 60 now.
1: This, and it 20, was... Just a year later. It was such a huge show. It was, it was really almost the only thing that people were watching at that time slot
0: right right um but anyway so she does a song it's great then she goes and sits down and she and kermit flirt like crazy
2: (laughs) yeah
0: like like, i feel like jim henson is actually flustered by her like (laughs) kermit flat out asks bernadette peters if she thinks he's sexy and then she calls him a gentleman and charming and adorable and naked. <laughs>
1: and naked. That's what she yeah. thinks about him. When she thinks of Kermit, she thinks, hmm, naked.
0: Yeah. So um Oh, how but about she that? doesn't
1: realize that he has five fingers. I like that little bit. Oh, that was yeah. cute. Yeah. Yeah, that's good.
2: She also she tried to kiss Kermit and he when she first sits down and he says that she can't because lipstick doesn't exactly, exactly vacuum clean out. He like. said.
0: <laughs> Right, which is, good. but he also makes a joke about the frog prince, and he might turn into something.
2: Yeah, it's true. But um, but first he's like, "Don't forget, I'm made out of fabric, and if you get me stained, that's actually very
0: bad."
1: Right, you're paying for it, burn it out. Right. Um.
0: So he, uh, also, and this this bothered me. She's about to tell a story about seeing Vincent Price at the supermarket.
1: I, I love that they see each other at the supermarket.
0: Yeah, and she and Vincent talk about this, and then she's about to say. He gives me. I think that she's gonna say like advice or something. Like, there's gonna be another story about Vincent Price at the store, and then Kermit cuts her off to ask her if she likes
3: buying clothes. Anyhow, yeah. uh, what about what else? What else about your shopping? Oh well, I love. Well, I meet. I meet um, Vincent you, here in the supermarket, and me. He t- you shop me, for clothes.
4: I do. I shop mm-hmm. for clothes. You could use a few. I told you.
1: Right, she's talking about grocery shopping, and he changes it to shopping for clothes.
0: Yeah, and I actually yelled, boo, because I wanted to hear that story.
1: (laughs) Yeah, me too. I was sort of, I was actually immediately uh, picturing that she was going to say, Vincent Price gives me rides in his shopping cart.
0: Well, no, but he already said that. (laughs) Oh, did he? Yeah.
1: Vincent Price gives me the vapors.
0: Yeah, he Ooh. talks about pushing her in the shopping cart. Oh, that's said, why I
1: thought of it then.
2: Forget yeah, I said
0: he that. Says, he says shopping basket, but yeah. which
2: mm. Get on the time train, Ryan. <laughs> okay.
1: Get on the time train. Guess what? So then I'm then... the one who edits these.
2: <laughs> that's the time train. That's what it is. Yep. That's the time train, there it is. Uh, well, it just oh. goes to show that like Kermit, I mean, Jim Henson really is, he, he's not an interviewer. He's, he's never had to interview people when it isn't, you know, a script where he's yeah, doing right. a... A talk spot or a Muppet newsflash or, or Sesame Street newsflash.
1: Yeah, yeah. I kind of um, feel like Miss Piggy would have done a better job as an interviewer than Kermit.
0: Yeah, I think I think that's well. And speaking of Frank Oz, Joe, you mentioned Frank kind of died as Fozzie in the Vincent Price segment. Animal comes out here. Oh man! Just he starts <laughs> out just yelling. It's it's all it's gold. It's all gold. He starts out just yelling, woman, you know, like he does, and then he like eventually he just. Starts exasperatedly repeating the last word of whatever Kermit just said. And <laughs> like, like that shouldn't be that funny, but the way Frank does it is so good.
3: Listen, we're, we're, we're trying to conduct a serious interview here. Job, yeah. yeah. Right. So uh, if, if you just sort of, uh, you know, sit quietly, Quiet, yeah. right, right, uh, uh, while, while we talk to Bernadette. Bernadette, okay.
2: well, his timing is just impeccable and the fact that like he just has like he doesn't know what to do with the animal it, it, so like he's just gonna have animal like pretend to sit behind kermit in a fake chair and then and <laughs> right. then just pant
0: right well and, which and is then...
2: I, I, i'm, I'm like, right. like how funny that is with it's I, just such a simple stupid thing
1: as soon as the gag of repeating everything kind of Runs its course, he immediately goes to the panting thing, which is just right. funny all well, over again.
0: The panting thing, and then Bernadette Peters is telling Kermit that she had a Muppet, thing. and she's talking about how she had a tablecloth with Kermit on it, and then an orangutan came to my birthday. <laughs> and Animal just looks up and does this like, stunned to take to the crowd. <laughs> yeah. And then they don't elaborate on the pen-
2: orangutan. <laughs> <laughs> we're just missing out on all the interesting stories we don't know what happened at the grocery store we don't know about this orangutan
1: yeah it's, uh, I, it's so good I crack up every time I watch this when she says oh I had a birthday and then Animal says happy birthday
0: <laughs> you mentioned earlier that I watched this with my four year old and Animal's appearance in this segment was one of the highlights for her she, start, she giggled the whole time she eventually started repeating whatever animal had just repeated. <laughs> it was so much fun to watch. That's great. So Gonzo briefly shows up to fl- flirt with Bernadette, which didn't really work for me because he like specifically asks if Camilla is around and then hits on her, which
1: feels Yeah, very- Gonzo is a terrible boyfriend.
0: Oh,
2: for sure. Yeah. But we've known that
0: true, yes. but like even
2: different. in the Muppet movie, the movie that they're there to promote, he is flirting with other women in front of his girlfriend Camilla.
0: You're right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, also, like
2: he has a weird, um, a weird line where uh, he's flirting with her, and he says, "It's my first time on the show." I was like, "There's like a, like a pause to be like, like it's a sex joke, but we're yeah. muppets, we're pulling well, back."
1: <laughs> I wondered if maybe like he said that, and then Dave Gols realized, "Oh wait, that sounds like something else. I should clarify." But then that just made it worse. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Um, also, so Bernadette says the last time she saw Gonzo, he had a safety pin in his nose and he was singing punk rock and he kind of like, I was like, Oh no, 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 forget about that. Like he, he kind of brushed over it and I have no idea what she's talking about.
0: Yeah. That did not happen on her episode of the show. No.
2: Did Gonzo ever do that? It sounds like something he would do.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, I, a part of me wonders is like, like, was it a rap party thing? Was it a... Uh, was it like a like a private party that they had? And he's like, Oh ah, we well, you know we can't tell people that we did that. Yeah. Like moving yeah. on, let me flirt with you some more. Uh, yeah,
1: I'd like to know more about that.
0: Yeah, but she does do one other thing. Uh, here, she has one other big moment that she also did in her episode on this, which is that she sings just one person to Robin. Robin, again. who's
2: who's like sitting on a on a pillow to hide Jerry Nelson, and like she like yeah. like lifts the pillow with him on it. It's a very interesting puppetry. But yeah, so they, they sing just one person, and then Scooter's there, and Gonzo, Fozzie, Kermit, Rolf, Floyd, and Beauregard. Beauregard,
0: Beauregard yeah. is one of the
2: one of the people who is in just one person.
0: Yeah, which is pretty exciting, especially because he was like brand new, right? He shows up like in the middle of season three originally. I think that's right. Yeah, people hadn't even this seen Great Muppet* *Caper* D- yet. That's his big. That's his big scene. Yeah, this is his this is his debut season on the Muppet Show. He's not he's not a main guy. Uh, yeah, but, Mubba but Wiki he is says just his, one person. Yeah, Mubba Wiki says his first appearance is the Marisa Berenson episode, which aired in December of 1978.
2: Wow! So people and, were only like, "Oh, this guy who we just met four months ago."
1: Yeah, and if yeah. people are interested, they can read the review of that episode that I wrote on ToughPigs.com. Hey.
0: All right. Um. So, anything else about Bernadette? Well, she's just so cute. <laughs> she <is laughs> she's delightful. Girl. Yeah. Um, then the next guest is Leo Sayer, A real rock and roller. <laughs> a real, yeah, calls him on the intro to the Muppet Show, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Um, he does two not rock songs here. <laughs> <laughs> two
1: These are two of his hits though.
0: Two of his hits, yeah. Well, um, so I'll say this about Leo Sayer: My uncle Mark, my dad's brother, when he was a child in the 1970s in North Dakota was assigned to write a paper about a famous African-American and he- <laughs> to write about Leo Sayre.
2: Who- <laughs> the whitest man in, in the world, yeah, yeah. but he had
0: an Afro. And so and his name's like, Leo, which could, you know, that could be, hmm. yeah. My, I asked my uncle about this and he said it was because he had an Afro and he had that falsetto voice. So he just was like, he just was black as far as my uncle was concerned. Wow. Huh. Well, every time I see Leo Sayer, that is, of course, what comes to mind.
1: Naturally. Yes. It's funny. I mean, maybe we'll get to this in a minute, but like they, they do talk here about how he apparently has these groupies, like girls following him around, and I, I just look at him and I kind of go, really? That guy? Him? Really? <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah like, like, he and Scooter both seem equally attractive, is what you're saying? Right.
1: Well, like, <laughs> yes, pretty much.
0: The, the joke is that Scooter doesn't have any, any girls following him around.
1: Right, he scooter has to to make up a fake story about wearing a bl- a box on his head to hide from the girls.
0: <laughs> yeah, scooter's pretty great in this. I think like he he shows up to talk about Cockney rhyming slang, which, which by stare. the way, uh,
2: Cockney rhyming slang is the dumbest thing in the world. I just want to point that out. I don't get it. I don't think it's interesting.
1: Here's what I don't get about it. So, like the one of the examples they use, if Leo Sayre compliments Scooter's Irish. That means Irish jig, and that rhymes with wig, so that
3: means he likes his wig.
4: We talk rhyming slang all the time, right?
3: Oh, that you, you better believe it. Yeah. Took the old cherry hog. That's, yeah, that's right. That's a dog. Cherry hog is a dog. Cherry hog is a dog. Yeah, it's down for a bowl of chalk. That's a walk. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. What, what? I think somebody better explain rhyming slang. Oh, yeah. Well, Leo, Leo, tell us what rhyming yeah, slang it's, is.
4: It's a, it's a cockney thing, which cockney is a sort of part of... Uh, English language in, in London, actually. And they sort of rhyme words. Like I'll say to Scooter, I love the Irish. Oh, Irish jig? That's, uh, that's my wig. That's a wig. Hey, wait, wait. It's, yeah. it's not But Irish. he'll say then again back to me, you know, it's yeah, no, not, that's not, not my a wig. That's, that's my barnet. Barnet fair. Barnet fair, that's which my is hair. hair, you see. Mm-hmm. And that's rhyming slang.
1: Like, w- is that always the same? Like, do people just memorize all these things? Like, if I say Irish, that means Irish jig, and you just know that all the time? Or... Do you have to kind of, is it like a puzzle and you have to figure it out? It's so
2: dumb. Oh was <laughs> <laughs> um, like, I like your Irish. You like my Blirish? Like, I don't know that word.
1: Yeah. Like guys, if, if I said to Joe, I like your chair. And then he would go like, oh, chair. That rhymes with pair. Pair of glasses. You like my glasses.
0: <laughs> you guys know that we know many British people that we could ask about this, right? Yeah, that's but true. that's
2: too easy.
0: I'd rather just complain, complain about it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, and and speaking, of, speaking of British things, Scooter, uh, they're talking about making the Muppet Show in England. Scooter specifically mentions that he hates the dish jellied eels and mash, um, which the mash is, of course, just mashed potatoes, but the jellied eels are, in fact, jellied eels. And huh. from the first time I saw this, I was fascinated <laughs> by... The existence of such a thing, and that it would be like a common thing that people would eat.
1: It sounds disgusting.
0: Sure, but fascinating. I, I'm yeah. Sure that and it's
2: not something that just rhymes with jelly deals.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to exactly. think what that would be. Jelly deals, no, right? Banana, banana peels. peels. Banana yeah. peels. You're just talking about bananas. Yeah, they eat uh, with, uh, with mashed, with mashed potatoes.
4: <laughs> uh
1: scooter scooter makes this face when he talks about that he's like yuck which i it's kind of like one of kermit's yuck faces but we don't see scooter make that face very often i like it
2: yeah we don't we don't see uh richard uh like pull back on on scooter's uh upper jaw very often to like bend the whole top of his head you know what yeah, i mean exactly yeah like that's like that's i guess i'm trying to describe it for podcast listeners uh but yeah, it's, it's odd. Like, I don't think of him being able to like move. It'd be, it'd be like if you saw Rolf's face, cur- like curve like that.
1: Yeah. It's I like, gotta, no, I, that's, that doesn't work, work for me in my brain. Maybe that's why he doesn't do it much. Cause it's not that flexible.
0: Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. I think, I, I think that's the thing. Anyways, it, it really uh, has a great effect here when we do see it in this one. Um, so like I mentioned, Leo Sayer does two songs. One is I Can't Stop Loving You, which is very boring. It's a terrible <laughs> song. <laughs> and uh, the other one is When I Need You, which he does as a duet with Piggy. And so I'll ask you guys. Um, but first I want to say my main takeaway from that song is that Leo Sayer doesn't know what moi means. <laughs> Piggy addresses him as vu, and he's like, isn't it moi? Don't you mean moi? And then later on he like says to Piggy, when I need it, Moi.
1: <laughs> I don't he, maybe he thinks that the words you and I are interchangeable in French.
0: Well I think, no, I he, think thinks he thinks that, that
1: Miss Piggy is calling name. herself moi like that's her nickname.
0: Yeah, oh. that's just who she is, yeah. Um so anyways, what what did either of you guys have any thoughts about either of those songs? Uh
2: not really, but I mean I I guess I don't, I'm trying to decide which I prefer. Um Leo singing When I Need You to Miss Piggy as a love song. Or isn't that the song he sings when he's like 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 on top of a tree being attacked by animals in The Muppet Show?
1: No. Oh, no. Did I get it wrong? I don't think so. Where, 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 yeah, what no. is he, what's the circumstance oh, oh. when he
2: sings in The Muppet oh,
0: Show? Is no. it
1: just the same thing?
0: Oh, you, you know what? You're right. It is the same song. Yeah. Sorry, really? Yeah. You're right? right? Yeah.
1: I guess it's it's not very memorable. Oh, I don't yeah. need the time train for that one. I got that one right. Nope. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, he's being chased yeah. by, by wild animals. He climbs a tree and he sings When I Need You. Which is like it's yeah. it's a funny visual. I don't know if it makes sense for the with the song.
0: Yeah, you're right. I forgot about that. He, uh, he the other thing song he does on his Muppet Show is that the show must go one thing backstage.
2: Yeah, it's the best. The that, best.
0: Like. that one I like a lot, but he doesn't do that yeah. here. He
2: he also sang. You make me feel like dancing on the Muppet. Oh show.
0: yeah, which is actually good too. I like that. Too. That's a good song.
1: So the, only, t- the two best his...
2: songs he sang on the Muppet Show, he decided not to do on the Tonight Show episode.
1: Yeah. Right. Well, my other thought about uh, when I need you here is that Leo Sayer is really into Miss Piggy.
0: <laughs> Wouldn't you be?
1: Uh, well, yeah.
0: <laughs> so and nothing else. All right. Um, That's all. Yeah, I'm good. Move, moving on to our final guest of the evening, Dr. Michael Fox. Oh, I love Michael
1: a... J. Fox. Those Back to the Future yeah. movies are so good. He was great in Doc Hollywood.
0: <laughs> so sadly, you guys, it is not a 17 year old Michael J. Fox. An, uh, an unknown young aspiring actor from Canada um <laughs> it is veterinarian dr michael fox who comes on as an excuse to talk about basically the real life mating rituals of pigs and frogs
3: <laughs> hey uh, uh, if if you're qualified to discuss animals um uh what uh what could you tell us about uh oh i don't know some, something like uh uh, 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 pick something, uh, pick the frogs, how about frogs? frogs. Okay, yes. Good
4: Well, pick. Frogs, frogs right now, I was in the Shenandoah Valley right by the river yesterday mm-hmm. It a beautiful rainy Sunday, and all the frogs were croaking <laughs> This is their mating time And when it's mating time for frogs, the little, the, the little boys, you know, you, you, you have five fingers The little frogs, yeah. the males, have a big thick ridge that grows so that they can hold on to the female And their hormones, the hormones develop special muscles here they develop huge muscles on the pectoral so that they can hold on to the lady. Now, when the lady has laid her egg, she gives a croak and that's a signal to get off. Now sometimes I'm
0: gonna remember that. Sometimes I don't know what you guys I thought this stuff was I thought Piggy and Kermit's reactions to this stuff was hilarious.
2: It's <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, like this is this is like a peak piggy.
0: Yeah, like when he starts talking about um he's just about to talk about how pheromones drive pigs wild or whatever. And she's like into it. She like wants to smell those pheromones. She's like, can't (laughs)
2: wait. I I like that. I I wrote down a few of the the funnier ones here. So like piggy asks, first of all, asked if uh, he can officiate weddings, which is hysterical. Yeah,
0: that's good.
2: Uh, He says a frog and a pig can get up to all sorts of things. And she goes, I'm hoping so.
1: Yeah. He says a a pig and a frog could give rise to all kinds of strange things. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And then, yeah, (laughs) the Mm -hmm. audience loves her response to that.
0: Well, well, but also, I like that before that, he says they should get genetic counseling.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: Which is like such a funny idea to me. The idea that Kermit and Piggy are going to go to the genetic counselor to talk about what their babies might look like. Um,
2: he also, uh, Dr. Fox, uh, is, is talking about frogs and their thumbs and how they're ridged to hold on while mating. And as he's <laughs> saying that, both Kermit and Piggy look down at Kermit's hands. Yeah. <laughs> like, really? Like, that's... Hmm. Okay. Amazing.
1: Yeah. yeah. It's pretty interesting. Like I, I didn't ever knew that about frogs. Yeah. But, and like,
2: uh, and he's, he's like running through all those different plot, like those different uh, facts. Like he's, he's hardly giving Kermit Biggie enough time to react, which is a little odd. I thought.
1: Yeah. I think the first time I saw this, I thought this might be a bit like, I thought maybe he was an actor, but yeah, he doesn't really come across as an actor. He's no, was,
0: and, and he was on the tonight show like fairly often. Yeah, no, yeah.
1: I, I've since realized that he was a real veterinarian.
2: Yeah. Um, uh, and then one more. Uh, he says, uh, he's talking about pigs, and he says, the ladies are called sows and the boys are called boars. And Piggy says, You're telling me. You're telling me. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's great. Um, so the other thing that happens here is he's going to hypnotize Camilla. Gonzo asks him to hypnotize Camilla. And then Gonzo gets hypnotized instead. Why do you think Gonzo wanted Camilla hypnotized? Like this yeah. seems like super
2: skeevy,
1: right?
0: I actually wrote that down also in my notes. Yeah. Um,
1: well, it starts because Dr. Fox is explaining that frogs can be hypnotized. And then Gonzo just kind of pops up and asks if chickens can be hypnotized too. But yeah, it is uh, a, little, a little shady.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, And also it's just not that funny. Like Gonzo well, kind of gets stunned to be like Gonzo doesn't, Gonzo only shows up a few times in this. And he's not very good. Like it feels like an off night for Dave goals or, or
1: whatever. It seems like Dr. Fox doesn't actually get what's going on. Like he's, right. he's doing his thing with Camilla and then Gonzo freezes. But I don't think, I don't think Fox really understands that what Gonzo is doing is acting like he's hypnotized. Yeah. He's, kinda.
2: he's not really reacting to Gonzo.
1: Yeah. yeah. I, I
0: kind of wonder if Dave goals didn't ad lib that.
1: Maybe.
2: But also, because, like, don't forget, like, like usually when, when Michael Fox would show up on The Tonight Show, like, he, he wouldn't be scripted. He wouldn't be following a bit. He's just showing something to Johnny and Johnny's reacting. Yeah. Right, so, like, right. I'm sure they were like, so here's what's going to happen. You're going to do this and God's going to do that and you're going to say
0: this. But, like, that's not what he does. He's not an actor.
2: Right. Yeah, exactly.
0: Um. So, oh, but by the way, I checked IMDB, which, you know, could be inaccurate or not, says he was in 20 episodes of Tonight Show. Carson, So at least
2: 20 episodes, probably.
0: Yeah, probably. Yeah. So pretty common guest. And they, um, never, is, they never asked him to guest host. This is probably the only one where he converses with animals who can speak out loud. So. <laughs> you don't think he ever did uh, something with a parrot,
1: maybe? Yeah, maybe. Maybe a pair. Or, or, I don't know, maybe Lamb Chop was on? <laughs>
0: yeah, Lamb Chop or Mr. Ed, yep, yeah, probably. <laughs> um, <laughs> so so then we close um, on the show with Kermit saying the goodnights. he mentions all the puppeteers by name, and Lou Zealand shows up.
1: Hey! So happy to see Lou Zealand.
0: He says that he's giving his fish a week off, so he's training bananas instead. <laughs> Kermit, which is great. And Kermit Kermit tells him, you're not in the show tonight, Lou. Poor Lou, man. That's the same thing that happens to him in the Muppet movie. No, it's foreshadowing
2: for all the people who are going to see the movie in a couple of months.
1: And yet, just like in the movie, where him showing up to have Kermit tell him he's not in the movie means that he is actually in the movie that we're watching. It's the same thing here, where he's actually in this episode just long enough for Kermit to tell him that he's not in this episode. (laughs)
0: Right.
1: But he did it. He made it.
0: Yeah. So... There we go. That's that's the entire uh, April second, nineteen seventy nine Mupp- uh, Muppet show. Good. That's the entire <laughs> April second, nineteen seventy nine tonight show. Yes, hosted by Kermit. And I am so glad this thing exists.
2: I, I know this was was just a flub, but like it really does feel like this could have been an episode of the Muppet Show. Not that it feels like a Muppet Show episode, but like it's a whole show with celebrities and songs and bits and like hilarious Muppet stuff, and it's
1: just so good.
0: Yeah, it's great. So any, any uh, final thoughts before we close, Ryan? I think Joe and I just gave ours.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, it's like we said, it's a little weird, a little awkward. It's, the Muppets are not completely in their element, but it's it's so uh, entertaining. And I, I hope that it inspired a lot of people to go see the Muppet movie. Yeah, Probably I not. Team- I think the movie's going to bomb. Oh, okay.
0: So anyway, on that note, that's it for today. We will be back at some point with Minutes 1 and 2 of The Great Muppet Keeper. Ooh! So so look for that in your podcast feeds. And in the meantime, remember to check out toughpigs.com on the Internet, Facebook, Twitter, anywhere else you can find us. You can follow me on Twitter at Zeppomarxist. You can follow Ryan at me, Ryan Rowe. Joe, remind our listeners where they can find you online.
2: Well, they can find me at Joe Hennis, but they can also find most of what I post at tough pigs on all the other tough pigs, uh, related social media things that you've already mentioned.
0: That's right. And, uh, listeners, if you're so inclined to give us a positive review on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast, uh, this new bonus episode just reminded you that we exist. So now's the perfect time to do it. And also to tell all your friends about the show and Join us next time when we'll be back with some new episodes of Moving Right Along. Goodbye! Bye! Curb Feeler. (laughs) Hello. Hi, Iris. Uh, Hi, Daddy. So, this is Anthony again, and I'm talking to my four year old daughter, Iris. What did we just watch? Java. So, what do you think about Java?
4: The baby blew the mama out, uh, and then was like.
0: So, there's two characters, the baby and the mama, and what do they look like? What, what did you tell me they looked like?
4: Headphones.
0: So, what do the two headphones do?
4: They, they
0: Uh, for the listener, I will clarify that Iris is standing on a chair, attempting to do the Java dance right now. Let me ask you another question.
4: Do you have Java dance?
0: Do I have a Java dance? Sure, I can. I can do the Java dance. Can I ask you a question about the baby? The baby headphones. What does he have that the mama doesn't have? Hair. Hey, uh, and what do you think about his hair?
4: It's. Little- like
0: jack jacks. It's really pointy like Jack-Jacks, yep. And, and she can't
4: blow him out like the baby.
0: She can't blow him out like the, ba- the baby blows out the mama at the end? What do you think about that? Can I
4: ask you a question?
0: Yes, you can ask me a question.
4: How about the Java Mama?
0: How about the Java Mama? Yeah. I think she's good. I think she's out there having fun. Uh, she's not very nice to the baby because she doesn't let him play. Anything else you want to say about Java?
4: Java.
0: Should we just say goodbye?
4: So Java has the entirety of a game together.
0: All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. Bye-bye.